Hello and welcome to www.sobertownpodcast.com. I'm Karina Dottipot and today I've got a very special guest with me. I have Happy Without the Hooch. Hello. Uh, hello, also known as Michael. But Michael, yeah. yes. Okay, so we met, we're actually here in Southend. We've had quite a laugh already, actually. We're in, we've had to find a small space in Southend Library. It's <laughs> quiet on a Friday quiet. night. So. <laughs> we're hoping we don't get chucked out of making too much noise, but hey. Um, anyway, Michael and I met back in January on the um, Instagram. On the, on the old gram, that's right. Yeah, so um, Michael actually approached me about um, doing a bit of a shout out for me actually and my Can-Am UK tour and the, the support that I kind of give to people from the I Am Sabre app and working my way around the coast to do that. And I was pretty interested in Michael because he does a similar sort of thing um, but with people on Instagram and I didn't realise there was such a huge sober community on Instagram because I'd kind of missed that with my being wrapped up with I am sober so well I hadn't either in fact mm. I didn't download Instagram until last year yeah. <laughs> um, because I thought it was for young people who wanted to show pictures of themselves pouting um, <laughs> <laughs> and there is quite a lot of that. To be fair. There is too. Yeah. But um, there's also a massive sober community. I, mm. I downloaded it because I was running some alcohol-free events myself at the time, and I wanted to um, promote them. And I was told you should use Instagram. So I was like, okay, I'll download mm. it. You know, begrudgingly. And then you use hashtags like sober ah. and alcohol-free, and all of a sudden you're connecting with people who mm. are going through the same sort of thing as you, or people who want to socialise. Um, I found sober events there. I mm -hmm. go to quite a lot. I've got one tomorrow in London. Most of them are in London. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's just a massive supportive community on there and it's all for free. Yeah, yeah. And and you've been really involved in that. You've got a big following and you really reach out quite a lot. You know, you pay back a lot, don't you? And really support lots of, lots of people in their sobriety. Well, I have entirely selfish motives. I do it because it helps keep me on the right path. Um, but what I what I did is I set up a website because when I um, was first drying out, mm -hmm. I um, found it very difficult to find events and other people maybe near me mm -hmm. who were in the in the same boat. Um, there were lots of different um, individuals who were putting on events in different parts of the UK, but yeah. Um, there was nothing that brought it all together so you could see hmm, well what alcohol free events are there in the uk mm. um in the coming month um mm. which ones there near me so i've tried to as i've got to know um more of the, the emerging sober scene and it's really blown up since the end of the pandemic yeah, yeah. um i've been busy building a website that pulls all that together and um now you can sort of search by region and mm. date and types of events. I mean, there's comedy events, there's mm. arts and crafts events, um, there's brunches, lots of brunches. I love a brunch now. Oh, me too, Because people yeah. are surrounded by drinkers unless you're in a really rough weather spoons. <laughs> <laughs> brunch, you know, it, tend to be, it tends to be quite a, a sober event anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and there's lots of outdoor activities. There's lots of people who go running, which I can't. I don't. I can't say I'll ever understand. No, I, I, I spent a long time running for myself, but I was still right there every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now the, the website's the, the last month. It got 
4,000 visits. So, so it's 1,000 a week. People are using it to find events near them. And I've got a function on there that allows people to drop their pin on a map so other people who are alcohol-free, they, they can find them and drop them a line on social media and say, do you fancy going for a coffee mm. or doing something sometime? Mm. Because one of the things I loved about Instagram is we found lots of other sober people, but then one of them might be in Los Angeles, the other yeah. one sort of in Perthshire and Scotland. But what was more difficult was to find someone near me who I could realistically meet up with and, and mm. do things. Because I still go to like pubs and stuff. I still go to environments where there's alcohol, like there's a quiz night and things. But I only like to do that if I'm with other people who aren't going to be pressuring me to drink. Yeah. And also, I just like to meet up for coffees now. Yeah, me too. Do you know what? I used to be someone that used to think, coffee shop? Why would you go to a coffee shop when there's a perfectly good pub next door that's open and selling booze at 11 o'clock? And also sells coffee if you want it. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, I love me a good coffee shop. But we couldn't find one. We we meant to meet up somewhere else early, but they didn't sell coffee. So that was a definite no. That's the only late night (laughs) sort of a coffee shop in South End. And that's because it's mainly doing desserts on takeaway, on delivery and stuff. There is another coffee shop in South End which occasionally does events, sober events. Yeah. um, Because they don't have a license and all their events are alcohol free. Brilliant. But it's every now and then. But tonight, I know they're going to be busy (laughs) because they've got a sober psychic night. (laughs) That would have been so cool. It would actually. Yeah, yeah, it would actually. And and, I mean, I'm actually almost half tempted to ask my Andy to pick me up even later tonight so I can go to the psychic (laughs) event. But never mind, never mind. So, what's the name of your website then? Um, The website is called Mm sobersocials.co.uk. And yeah, it's it's sort of become a second job almost. It's taken as the. as there are more and more events and more people finding it, it's, it's uh, becoming more and more work, yeah. um, which is good. But, um, yeah, I, it does mean I can't do as many of my other hobbies as well. So I'm trying mm. to, it's quite difficult trying to balance it. But it just, every now and then I'll get messages from people um, and they'll say, oh, I'm meeting up with someone near me who I found on your website this weekend. Or we met up and we got on really well and it's really helped me. Or I had one mm-hmm. where somebody was coming out of rehab the next week they'd been in residential rehab mm-hmm. and they'd found people who were near them on on the map and they went out and did some sort of dancing and things together oh, wow. and it's helping people find sober friends because a lot myself when I was drinking mm. often you attract what you put out so my friends were other drinkers mm-hmm. I think my drinking was uh, to the point where like nobody no no non-drinker would really tolerate sort of how awful I became when I was drunk, how yeah. stupid and ridiculous. And so, as most of us do. <laughs> yeah, so the only other people who would sort of tolerate that behaviour were mm. ones whose behaviour was similar. Yeah. And then when I stopped drinking, it's like, what am I going to do now? I don't really know anyone. Mm. I can't hang around with those people because mm. they're going to keep on going out to the pub. They'll be hang hung over in the morning and I don't want to go to the pub now. Or if I did, I don't really want to go with them because they'll be just waiting for me to say, okay. Well, yeah. uh, well they'll be waiting for me to fail so that mm. they can uh, have the drinking buddy back. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? The only people that encourage us, I think, are sabotage it. those mm. that have got an invested interest in us drinking again. And I don't know about you as well, I found that when you remove the alcohol, a lot of your previous friendships or acquaintances. They kind of go with the alcohol, but you don't actually yeah. have an awful lot in common. Yeah, it's quite a sort of organic weeding out process. Mm. Um, if you're only bonding over alcohol once that's gone, you'll find what other 
areas of commonality there are and often there aren't any actually I'd spend quite a lot of time using alcohol to tolerate the people I was with sometimes I turn up and think oh god you're awful I need to catch up in order to tolerate you um <laughs> yeah yeah i get that totally and i think that when when we get sober and in sobriety you actually you then attract people you say you put and you mm. attract what you put out and you attract people who are sober but then again organically almost you find people do have really good stuff in common with and you know that can have really good fun with because yeah. drinking being sober is far from boring isn't it um well it can be boring. I think the first part for me was like horrific because mm. I did not know how to use my time. So I've regained 25 hours a week and what am I going to do? I'm, right, I'm fed yeah. up on Netflix. So, um, but now, no, mm. so I've, I'm still not got enough hours in the day again now yeah. and I love what I'm doing. But mm. at first I found it a real struggle when people were saying, oh, sobriety is not boring. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes, it's it is. Maybe yeah. I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. But at first it's just a huge mm. adjustment. Mm. But when you actually start pursuing things that light up your mind and your imagination, yeah. that's just got so much more reward to it than mm. um, sort of drinking something that makes you synthetically happy for a few hours and then drags you into the doldrums. So yeah, yeah. I, th- I think for me, I was lucky because I mean, obviously, <clears throat> I've had a, many trial runs as many as have oh, yes. for sobriety, but on this time round. Um, I managed to find, you know, I'm sober, absolutely. Actually, straight away, I started engaging with that community. And I think the community mm. is really, really important for that boredom initially. And, and that was, you know, it was reaching out and connecting and reading and posting. And that kind of helped me quite a bit. But I think, yeah, people do have that. When we start, don't we? We're like, what am I going to do now? I'm not drinking. What am I going to do with all that time? And as you've just said, you've now more or less got two full-time jobs because... Where where is the time? We don't have enough time in the day now. No, exactly that. And but the other thing with alcohol is um, that when you've taken it um, regularly for a long time, mm. it does actually uh, affect the neural pathways in your brain, mm-hmm. and that means that you find it difficult to enjoy things that and when alcohol's not involved. Yeah. So it's like you don't get pleasure from going for a walk or mm. maybe your old hobbies. They're not bringing you the pleasure they used to. Um, But the good news is that slowly that does reverse itself and you can, uh, your brain does reprogram itself, Mm -hmm. but it does take some time. So, I mean, at first I was thinking, oh God, God, what am I going to do? I'll go for a a boring walk (laughs) and then I'll sort of maybe... I'll play my clarinet that I used to play and that would be boring. And nothing was giving me any of that hit that alcohol used to. But you have to uh, sort of, I found myself enduring the first three months, and but as and then from then on, things just became mm. a lot lighter. Yeah, got all the emotions back. I became like a menopausal woman. I thought I was having <laughs> my menopause. Um, I could watch some really rubbishy, um, sort of made-for-TV films and find myself crying, mm. even though it was really cheesy and awful. Mm. Um, sleep out the window. Yeah, I couldn't sleep yeah. at night. I wouldn't sleep until four a.m. and then I despite trying and mm. uh, and then halfway through the day I'd, I'd want to sleep and yeah, so I just couldn't it took me ages yeah. to regulate a normal sleeping pattern yeah. um yeah I think our circadian rhythms are completely out the window aren't they because we've, we've drunk them out of sync really and then to try and get back into that I mean I s- sleep a lot now 
<laughs> and it's one of my coping mechanisms. If I've had mm. a bad day, I used to drink it away. Now I just think, I'll go to bed. Mm. I'll have a nap and I'll wake up and probably feel different. And nine times out of ten, I do feel yeah. different. Yeah. And I've slept off instead of drinking it, oh, having yeah. terrible sleep, waking mm. up feeling ten times worse and then dragging mm. out that, oh, I feel bad for sort of days or weeks or months even. Mm. I can just nip it in the bud. I can say, okay, that was a bit crap today. Um, I'll write it off. Yeah. Today might be better. And then sometimes I just wake up with the joys of spring. Yeah. Um, that's a great coping mechanism, actually, because a lot of people think, talk about diversion, distraction, activity, and things like that. But I know myself, I mean, this afternoon, because I was coming out to meet you this evening, I've had to have an afternoon nap because of my FND and fibromyalgia. Mm. It really does do me good to have a nap. And as you say, you wake up very different. You wake up refreshed. You, you wake up in a much different mindset because we do so much healing when we sleep. Yes. And so much restoration. And when we drink, yes, alcohol gets us off to sleep. But, but as you know, we, we miss that stage three sleep and all the restoring and the healing that we're supposed to do doesn't quite happen. And that's why we wake up yeah. feeling so shite. So the quality of your sleep is awful. Mm. You don't get as much REM sleep, no. or if any. No. Um, and yeah, I am sleeping more and working from home. Okay, I hope my boss isn't looking. Sometimes at lunchtime a little lunch nap good <laughs> it's good. like oh yeah that was, a, that was a hard morning i reward myself with a nap mm, yeah. I, I love it I, yeah. it's like my new heart. friday after work used to be my head would be buzzing i'd be just couldn't wait to either get out or get a bottle and mm -hmm. have a wild night in mm. and now it gets to friday afternoon i think oh my god i can go to bed <laughs> it's actually, I mean, I'm busy, pretty much busy most mm. weeknights with activities and seeing friends and things. I've got more of a routine. Yeah. And the quietest night of my week is Friday night. Wow. Which would have been gearing up for a weekend, really, yeah. previously of drinking. And, and uh, Yeah, now Friday nights is normally the night where I've got nothing on. And yeah. I was free to see you today because yes, Friday nights are generally free for me. Yeah. And that's the way I like it, actually. Brilliant. Because I, I don't feel the need to sort of celebrate or let my hair down at the end of the week. Mm. I was like, I've got a weekend, I can restore myself. Self-care. Yeah, the week's been exhausting. Don't exhaust yourself more. You can no, yeah. have a nap on a film. I might be naughty and order a pizza or something bad mm. if I'm feeling a bit naughty. But yeah, it's generally my quietest night. Or if I don't want to go swimming, nobody goes to the swimming pool on Friday night. Okay. So if it's always crowded, <laughs> everyone's out. Brilliant. Yeah. Go for a Friday swim, night night, yeah. swim. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we sort of kind of connected on Instagram, I started to see, I, I found out about the social sobers through you because I, I didn't, or sober social, should I say, I, I wasn't aware. I, I'd read in um, Catherine Gray's The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, I'd read that there were sort of soda clubs and more things happening, but I, mm. I kind of felt it was quite states-based really. So I didn't realise there was quite so much going on in the UK and until I sort of came across you. So thank you for that, because there's quite a lot out there, isn't there? Well, there is now. I mean, when I started um, sort of on social media, it was, we were, I was gearing up for my first event, which was the first one after lockdown too. So I don't know how many events and things there were before lockdown, but mm. I know that lockdown itself was a bit of a, an eye-opener for quite a lot of people mm. with their relationship with alcohol. And I know so many people who found themselves drinking far more than they wanted to mm. um, and using alcohol to cope yeah. and have since 
gone alcohol free because they just they've said no that's enough and mm. i think the the, sort of the sober social scene has really picked up mm. um as a result of lockdown um so yeah there's just more and more to keep up with now um yeah. got the particular areas that seem to have really lively um a sober scene are um well london in particular mm-hmm. as you'd expect with the southwest as well there's loads going on in the southwest around bristol and bath fabulous um okay. i'm seeing more now in manchester they had a there was a big sober rave in manchester at the weekend oh, oh, and yeah. wow really sad that um, would have been great there's less there's less going I can't find much in Wales which is disappointing mm. only um, yesterday I found uh, an events organisation a sober events organisation in Scotland so I'm going to be speaking to them and finding out what, what they've got coming up and putting them on the website this weekend as well yeah. so, um, and Northern Ireland if you're sober in Northern Ireland I'm afraid I've got nothing for you oh. I've just got a big hole on the website at the moment I found oh. a, there's a few people that are, no, no events there really. Okay. Whereas Ireland hmm. itself, the Republic of Ireland, because I do cover that on my website, because I yeah. think, why not? Yes. Um, they don't, I can't really find sober social events, but in Dublin they've got one of the, like, it's like a flagship alcohol free pub called the Virgin Mary Bar. And it looks Brilliant. absolutely amazing. And they've actually opened one up in the, the Middle East as well somewhere. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's talk, rumours, they might, might, open something similar in London but oh. in terms of like the venues um yeah Ireland's got mm. one of the best um and when I see people um on Instagram and Ireland talking about alcohol free drinks even they've got decent alcohol free drink sections in the likes of Lidl and Aldi yeah better I, than ours here yeah so, I found a great one in Tesco's this week I don't know if you see I posted a picture on Tesco's and it was a great it was a big section of it, and there was quite a few people mm. going there. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's interesting. I, mm. I liked that." And there are, more, I think, more bars and pubs even that are catering more now for alcohol free. I was in London um, on Wednesday. We were just around the corner from um, the Royal London Hospital, and there's a, the Hospital Tavern there. And they made they had jugs of homemade lemonade. And I asked for the boring old lime and soda, yeah. but it was real lime juice, freshly squashed lime yeah, nice. with sabre and ice. And it was like, yeah, people are actually starting to see now. There's and some of the big made. chains as well, even the likes of Revolutions have got a better alcohol-free menu. But um, like Bill's Restaurants and Diners, they're, mm. they're really good. They're a popular choice for people who are doing meetups because they've got a good oh. alcohol-free range. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, got the lounges bar so in south end here we've got molo lounge there's a chain and mm-hmm. all their um bars end with the word lounge so molo is italian for pier so normally they choose an italian word and put lounge on the end of it okay. um and they're actually they've got some really nice alcohol free drinks too mm-hmm. although the pay, the place that i found with the best range and i'm not just being biased here but the best one i found so far was also in south end i didn't know it's actually one of my old regular places oh. it's um the royal hotel in south end they they have essentially all the spirits that they use in their cocktails they have an alcohol free version of so you can look at their cocktail menu mm. and you can have an alcoholic or non-alcoholic because they've got the whole range wow that's, that's and fantastic. i haven't seen anywhere else I'm not saying there isn't anywhere else. Mm. I'm just unaware of anywhere else 
where they actually just have all the non-alcoholic versions of their traditional cocktails. Wow. It's not that they don't add the alcohol in, it's just you can get alcohol-free rums and gins. Mm, and, mm. So they make it in the same way. Yeah, I was surprised actually when I saw that, that range in Tesco's the other day. It wasn't just the... Because it did start at the beginning of my sobriety a couple of years ago. There were just a few companies making alcohol-free mm. stuff. But it was actually Gordon's Gin. Yeah, Gordon's. It was not Gordon's yeah. Gin and sort of actual named brands. They're obviously catching on that people are wanting to go yeah. sober. The zero percent gins are probably like the the most known and the easiest to get hold of, and mm. most likely to be found in supermarkets. Yeah. But um, I've never been much of a gin fan. I'll, I'll take it or leave it. Mm. Um, but I, it's like the the spiced rums and zero percent mm. versions of those I particularly like. Um, and I used to be partial to like Black, Dan uh, Black Daniels, Jack Daniels, <laughs> and you can get an alcohol-free sort of bourbon oh, okay. um, spirit. That particular yeah. company, Liars, it's called. Mm -hmm. um, they have pretty much the whole bar as an alcohol-free yeah. equivalent. Um, definitely worth checking. They're not the cheapest, but um, they don't produce as much and they've had to invest a lot into sort of research and the mm. science of producing those flavors without having alcohol content so i was when i was first started trying some of these drinks i was a bit sort of begrudging spending the money on it's like oh i could have got the alcoholic version yeah. sort of cheaper but <laughs> the thing i find is if i buy a bottle of alcohol free rum mm. that's gonna that's gonna last me at least a month mm. whereas if mm. i bought the alcoholic version that was one night. That's gone. Yeah. That's gone, isn't it? Gone in a night. I yeah. now drink for flavour because I'm saying, like, I liked all these drinks, the alcoholic versions. Yeah, I'd probably have one of those at the beginning of the night. Mm. But most of the time in the end, I was drinking vodka, cheap vodka from Lidl. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like the flavour. I wasn't drinking no. for the flavour at all. No. So. I, I was the same. I was a, I was initially a brandy. Well, I've drunk most things in my life, really. But towards at the end, I was just drinking either gin or white wine. I actually didn't like it. I mm. actually didn't like the flavour anymore. It was just the habit of coming in, opening the bottle. And, and obviously with lockdown, it got earlier and earlier. Um, and I actually found myself at three o'clock in the morning. When I got up for a cup of tea, that dreaded three o'clock in the morning that we have when we're drinking. And there was actually rarely an open bottle of wine in my fridge. And I poured a glass of wine at three o'clock and that was... That is it. Oh, yeah. I used to tell myself sometimes if I wasn't asleep, well, I just need another drink to help mm. me get off. Mm. So, like, ooh, just a sort of a swig of whiskey or something at three in the morning if I haven't slept yet. Yeah. <laughs> just get you back off again. Yeah. yeah and when, yeah. when I went out, I used to drink lager all the time because that's what mm. men do. I've never liked the flavour of lager. I no. never drank it for the flavour. So, I don't drink any alcohol free beers because I'm drinking just for flavour now. And mm. that's actually quite nice. Mm. Yeah. Because they actually say if we were to eat or drink neat or pure alcohol, the taste is awful. And we wouldn't yeah. like it. They have to add the flavours to it. Yeah, that's why people like cocktails, it. because it mm. doesn't taste like alcohol as much. It's just the more you just even disguise the disgusting flavour of the alcohol. I think most people probably remember a time when they're in their teens where they had to sort of learn to like alcohol, or even not like it, but just learn to drink it. Because mm. I don't, I don't really know anyone who's for, who the first time they drank an alcoholic drink thought, "Oh, that's tasty," <laughs> and mm. it's it's because it's not. I think no. you just keep on, we keep tr persisting until we can tolerate it. Mm. And 
yes, we don't do that with many other things. Like maybe if we did that with cabbage or Brussels sprouts or something, you know, just persistently yeah. consume it until we've convinced ourselves we like it and it forms part of our de- identity. That's why now I'm a cabbage eater. Then yeah. we probably will be a lot healthier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely would. But do you, do you know what as well? It's um, completely forgotten my train of thought then of what I was about to say. It's okay, you get to edit these things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we're raw and unfiltered. <laughs> we just go, we just go with it, so that's fine. Um, yes, that's what I was going to say. So I was going to say that it's things like, do you know, there's been times where if you have something, a tummy upset or something makes you sick, some food that you've eaten, you actually go off that food and won't eat it again. Mm. And I've actually done that with particular alcohols, like yeah. sort of um, whiskey and things, can't even stand the smell. And I actually hate being sick. But with alcohol, we seem to do it time and time again. We just keep putting ourselves through that same punishment. Yeah, that's because it's the effect, isn't it? Mm. And you know what? It's designed to be addictive. Yes. And everyone's doing it. Yeah. And you're expected to do it. And you're mm. sometimes seen as a bit of a pariah if you don't do it. You don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody shuns you for not eating sort of mushrooms or something. Um, there's mm. no other sort of substance, food or drink where... Yeah, sort of treated as such a pariah if you don't do, if you don't drink tea. I mean, I would think you're a bit strange, actually. Yes, me but, too, yeah. but I, I would yeah. still speak. I wouldn't say go on, just have one. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't push on you. Yeah. Or what's the matter with you? If you don't drink, you must have a problem. Well, do you know the, the, the thing I say is those people that are addicted to alcohol, such as you and I were, or are, we're actually normal because it's an addictive substance. Yeah, that's, that's what it's meant to do. to do. It's the people that aren't addicted that are the weird ones. <laughs> I don't get addicted. But it's true, you know, alcohol is the only substance that we have to make an excuse not to take. I mean, we won't go into a pub and say, well, look, why aren't you injecting heroin in your arm? Go exactly. on, just, just have a little shot, you know? Exactly, and, if some, <laughs> and even when you're trying to give up alcohol, people encourage you to get back on it, but yeah. you, wouldn't, you don't do that with a, with a heroin addict. No. You don't say, oh, go on. No. One rap won't hurt you. No. I know. And, and the thing is, the scary thing is, that obviously I've done quite a lot of research, because I think... Even as a nurse of 37 years, I didn't know the true depth of alcohol and the, the, the conditions. And I've, I've nursed people through detoxes before and, and everything. Um, and, and, you know, through bad conditions, you think, oh, it's not me, it'll never happen to me. But of course it is you and you just don't see it and it does happen. Um, but, you know, you, you learn stuff and, and you research stuff and you, th- you realise alcohol is actually the most deadliest drug known to man. And that actually it kills far more people than any of the legal substances do. Not that I'm encouraging people to go out and get addicted to legal substances, but I think it's time that we started to realise just how toxic this this socially acceptable drug is. And I I don't think it's even so much as how many people it kills as, like, the the social harm it causes. So, Mm. um, I mean, there's big disparity with the way we treat cigarettes and the way we treat alcohol so cigarettes can't be on display they have to have very plain packaging um and yes they arguably directly kill more people than alcohol alcohol directly kills enough people as it is but then there's the indirect deaths such as accidents mm-hmm. i've had accidents where i've nearly died where i've broken my legs on a mountain and almost died of hypothermia because i couldn't wow. move um but Cigarettes as well don't cause the amount of social harm that alcohol does. And that's got to be factored in. You don't smoke a packet of 20 cigarettes, go home and then beat your wife up because Mm. your mind's altered. 
No. You, people don't usually, aren't driven to, to crime in the same way as they would to try and finance alcohol. Yeah, I think alcohol, you know, we've seen that alcohol statistically is the most dangerous drug to man, to self and others, because it is the risk, it's the most riskiest drug of all, isn't it? It is, and, and the harms it causes to society mm. are huge mm. compared to a lot of other drugs. Um, people sort of make the comparison to heroin. Um, in, in some studies, alcohol is shown to be more dangerous than heroin in all ways other than um, the risk of overdose. It's the risk mm. of overdose that makes heroin so dangerous, but the, the harms of alcohol, there's no other drug, legal or otherwise, mm. that compares to the extent of the harms that alcohol causes on mm. our society, but yet we still see it as the social norm. We encourage people to do it, mm. and it's seen as the elixir of, of a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so looking at sort of where can people go? You've got, I remember on top of my head, you've got a sober Edinburgh coming up and you're looking at where people can go to have good times without alcohol on your sober socials. So tell us a bit about sober Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I would too, but I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> oh, are you not? No, but there is actually, I know somebody else is looking at doing a sober Edinburgh event. Oh, right, okay. So, um, well, if you're looking to have a good time, what I was looking to do in Edinburgh, but... Um, was just a, like a long weekend away because mm. there are now actually sober holiday companies. Ah. Um, there's one in particular um, that's called Love Lucid and they do getaways um, for people who want to have like a really nice holiday with other people who aren't drinking and they have getaways in Spain and in the UK. They've had some in, they've had some in um, UK as well before in the UK and so yeah, sober holidays are a thing now. That's great because you then haven't got all the. Because that's the thing, you can go on holiday sober, but you go to a, a hotel or something or with a wristband. Yeah, and everybody else is pissed oh, around you and that. Well, I mean, that is the biggest battle when you're sober. It's, it's enjoying yourself whilst other people are being annoying because you're mm -hmm. not one of them. And it's not a judgment on people who drink because, no. you know, I was doing that for ages. But when you're at a different level from someone else, it's like if you've ever been the mm. nominated driver on a night out, you normally, after everyone's had their third drink, you're normally getting a bit wound up and wanting to go home, but yeah. they'll drag it on, get more and more wasted, and then just as you're ready, a couple of them will want to go to the off-licence, another couple will want a kebab, and <laughs> you as the sober person yeah. who wanted to go to bed four hours ago, <laughs> are waiting for them to all organise themselves yeah. whilst their brains are no longer functioning, mm -hmm. and you just want to slap them. <laughs> so that's what a holiday can be like. If everybody else is on it and mm. being loud and inconsiderate, yeah. then you're probably not going to enjoy yourself so much. So I've still not done a sober holiday. Okay. I haven't managed to get away since before the lockdown. Mm -hmm. But um, something I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah. My last holiday was... Oh, God, it wasn't even a holiday. It was a long weekend in Ukraine. I don't think I'll be going there again soon. <laughs> yeah, I went to Kiev and Chernobyl, mm. and I just got absolutely wasted, lost mm. all my money. Uh, was, I just blacked out for several hours trying to find the way back to a hotel in Kiev. Very dangerous. Scary, yeah. Very, and that's the thing, we do put ourselves in such dangerous situations, isn't it? So it's, it's good to be sober and celebrating that and, and looking at... 
And, and thanking goodness that we are alive, that we made it through and made it this far, really. I mean, God knows how sometimes. Mm. There's been some scrapes, mm. lots of red flags, which I dutifully ignored mm-hmm. and laughed off and just mm-hmm. yeah. made a joke of, but they were funny for a little bit. Well, they were publicly funny, but privately yeah. horrific. horrific. I mean, yeah. every time I lost something, injured myself. I mean, I... I've recently reached a, a real milestone, actually. Yes, that is. Um, I got a notification from the bank the other day mm-hmm. that um, they're sending me a new bank card because um, my one's about to expire. Yeah. I'd never owned a bank card so long that it's expired. Wow. I'd normally be ordering a new one at least once a month because yeah. I'd lose it on a night out. Fantastic. I didn't realise they expired. They I mean, like, expired. <laughs> expire I just lose them <laughs> exactly every month and then you know I was very well acquainted with the the procedure for getting emergency cash out of yeah. the bank because I was doing it constantly wow. now since I've been sober I'm like I'm getting a, I'm getting a new you. card I know look at you go 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 <laughs> oh so where can people contact you and how can they contact you to tell them about either to find out about Sober socials that are going on, or to let you know of sober socials that they want to put on. Can you just remind us of your website? Yeah, so my website is www.sobersocials.co.uk, and on there there's a, a what's on section. There's also a section called promote your event. So if you've got an event or the you you'd like to put on an event, mm. um, then th- that section will tell you what I can do to help you promote it. Um, and I also promote it on the social media channels. Predominantly, it's um, I'm on Instagram, which is um, Happy Without the Hooch. Yeah. Also on um, Facebook and TikTok under the same name, but Instagram where's I'm, is where I'm most active. I haven't got time to focus on all <laughs> no, of them. It's much more juggling, isn't it? <laughs> it is, so yeah. Perfect. I've actually got to do my day job yeah. as well on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and actually meeting you yes, at last. Yes, really good to yeah, see Yeah, we've been saying since January we're going to do this, but as, as we've proved, um, you know, we it can be busy being sober. It's and in it's September good. now, nine months. Yeah, I know, I know. So it was January. It was January the 20th you put my post up of me on Bumblebee. So, yeah, and we've had some fun. I have been off on holiday since then, riding around the coast. You've been... Drain yourself in freezing cold water for charity and things like that. Well, I'm meant to be doing that in December. Every day in December, chuck myself <sighs> in the sea. That? Is that going to be down here at South End? Or? It's going to be down here in South End. Realistically, I can't throw myself in the sea every day because mm. the, the, the tide goes out a mile and a half and so some, some days there's only one yeah. high tide. Um, mm-hmm. So what I've committed to doing is whenever I can do it in December, I'll chuck myself in the freezing cold sea as many days as possible. And the days I can't, I'm having a freezing cold shower instead. And that's because cold water therapy is meant to be really beneficial. It gives you a massive dopamine hit, which is what you miss when you've gone sober. And it's very good for your mental health um, Mm -hmm. and to raise money for mind. Fabulous. Okay, well, I'll... uh, And how can people sponsor you for that? I haven't set it up yet because mm-hmm. it's still a little bit early. Mm-hmm. But I, if you look at my website and my mm-hmm. social media channels nearer the time, yeah. uh, you won't be able to miss it because okay. I'll be plugging the hell out you of will, it. You will, you will. That's that's great. I might even come down and cheer you on one day. I'm not going to join you. Gonna go in the water? <laughs> well, the thing is, I do kind of like I, I like the idea of this, but because I've got fibromyalgia, once I get cold in my bones, it yeah. really really hurts, and I get it. So I kind of I am learning to gently turn the shower down. 
I find that more difficult. <laughs> I find it more difficult to have a cold shower than to chuck myself in the freezing sea. Anyway, I think we'll get chucked yeah. out now. Yep, yeah, lovely. My thanks to Michael Sargood, also known as Happy Without the Hooch, for a great interview and joining me on this podcast. Uh, and thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye for now.